come from the cities and they come from the small towns. Beat up cars and the tires and drummers go Good evening, and welcome to everybody's favorite movie-based podcast. This is An Evening at the Movies, the podcast where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down sodas and discuss our favorite movies and why we love them while somebody is yawning in the background because she didn't have her nap today. I didn't have a nap today. (laughs) I did not have a nap today. (laughs) Oh, if you haven't listened to the Dragnet episode... (sighs) The only person that's going to get that joke is going to be Chris. Possibly Gene. You guys well. got to let me nap. I'm going to get cranky. <laughs> anyway, so in case you couldn't tell from the other voice on this recording, I am joined today by one of everybody's favorite co hosts, Queenie herself. Welcome, 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 Queenie. Welcome. Thanks. I was going to say people cannot Something. see you. I was going to say people, people cannot see you nod. You must use your big girl words. Okay, you are the king of that shit, so I don't want to hear it. You're holding up numbers and nodding and smiling, and I'm like, people cannot see you. But evidently on Anchor now, they have this whole breath. little function where you can click on that and you can record video. I mean, well, we can only post video on Spotify. Well, I guess YouTube if we wanted to do it, but yeah, I'm not sure people want to see. Why not? I might have to get just for men hair dye to hide all my grays. Whatever. <laughs> I have makeup on today, but I don't put on makeup for every episode, so I'm not ready to do that. That's a that's a commitment I am not willing to make for you people. I'm sorry. I love you all dozens, but you don't want to see this without makeup. Well, you have to look your best for today's episode because with that said, um, we at an evening at the movies have the unfortunate task today to report to you guys that um, for those of you that don't know, last night, July 6th, Hollywood legend James Kahn passed away at the ripe old age of 82 years old. Mr. Kahn had an acting career that spanned the better part of seven decades and garnered him much recognition and several award nominations as well. Some of his most notable notable roles include Brian Piccolo in Brian's Song, Sonny Corleone in The Godfather and his cameo appearance in The Godfather 2, Dick Tracy, Paul Sheldon in Misery, uh, Honeymoon in Vegas, The Program, and uh, elf love it um uh, elf yeah i mean he even shared the screen in 2012 with his son scott on the long-running cbs crime drama hawaii 50 for an episode mm-hmm. our hearts and, and condol- scott is also an amazing actor he's tweeter i know tweeter drank beer hey. because tweeter drinks beers and yeah he likes he likes uh beer and drugs because it makes the panties drop and it's real nice <laughs> it's but <nice>. actually <laughs> it's real nice you think you'll enjoy prison tweeter <laughs> actually he's had a lot of i love him in the oceans 11 movies but anyway yeah oh and gone in 60 seconds anyway talking about his dad uh before there's one thing you are forgetting and so many people have not watched this show or don't really care about it and luckily tnt and tbs kind of gave it a rerun but las vegas if you can find it it's not really streaming but las vegas is one of my favorite shows james com was perfect in that role i obviously watched it for josh jamel but got really sucked into the uh, as many characters as he has played and has done well at i feel like yeah, that character whose name I cannot remember, Ed, Ed something, Ed Deline, um, was was one of his more 
really, really great roles, but you know, it's a TV role. So yes, Ed Deline, thank you. So no, yeah, and yeah, it ran for five seasons, I think. And I think he was only a part of the show. Left for... us in a bullshit cliffhanger. Right. I hate when freaking they ooh, let's give a cliffhanger. Oh no, we're gonna cancel the show now on top of it. And then don't bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did the the Christmas Christmas cliffhanger and then it never came back. But at that point, James Conn wasn't on the show anymore, but still. No, I think he literally left the show it. at the end of the second to last season and was replaced yeah. by another Hollywood icon being Tom Selleck. Yes. But Tom, no offense to Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck did awesome filling in for him, but it yeah. wasn't it wasn't the same. But yeah, definitely lost. If you can find it anywhere, I actually have eighty percent of it on DVD, so nice. I can go back and binge watch all the James Con episodes I want. But it's, it's a great awesome, show. It's an awesome show. I mean, James Con was amazing in it. Josh Demel was awesome. The the entire cast was memorable. Yeah. So if you want to check it out and can find a place to pick up the DVDs, I highly recommend doing it. So yes, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> um, so our hearts and condolences go out to James's family and loved ones. Um Speaking for myself and um, Amanda, we would like to thank James for the years and the performances, and may he rest in peace. Agreed. And now I'm getting tears in my eyes. Yeah, it was kind of hard to get through part of that with because a lot of those roles are things I grew up watching. Mm -hmm. I mean, Brian's song is one of those movies I can watch 150,000 times and still ball yeah. every time. I mean, we discussed in depth The Godfather a couple right. months ago, so I won't rehash that one. But Misery, as we've discussed last right. fall, is one of my top favorite King movies of all time. He was amazing in Honeymoon right. in Vegas. The program. I love Honeymoon in Vegas. Exactly. And the program, like I was going to bring up when I was going to do the football episodes of the SIP list, is one of my all time favorite football movies. And him as coach in the movie, I mean, he delivered from start to finish. Uh-huh. so and and i love him and elf because oh, anybody who, you if you don't like him and elf con, then you have no heart you get you get the james con that you know and love but then you see him grow and and turn into something that is you know not really james con-esque in most of his movies so mm, now i'm crying thinking no. about elf damn it <laughs> well i mean because even like misery where he's a good guy but he's in a dire situation i mean he's still not you know all rainbows and sunshine i mean he's granted it a lot of what he does in that movie is contingent on the situation that he's in and the fact that he's fighting for his life but yeah. I mean, he goes places, he goes into the dark and depths of humanity that many people couldn't necessarily go. So. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for top five James Conn movies on the SIP list and we will pay more tribute to him, but RIP, good sir. And before we switch off topics, um, we discussed it and it immediately came up in a Guma moment this morning when the news broke, but um, <laughs> we're going to call an audible and um, yeah, obviously James Conn has to become an icon on 
an evening at the movies. So we're honored to have you as an icon. We just wish it was under different circumstances as well. So of course. Anyway. Anyway. The word you're looking for is anyway. <laughs> On a happier note, we are here today to continue to celebrate the birthday bash of Hollywood royalty, Mr. Thomas Hanks. <laughs> and we're going to be discussing another Tom Hanks classic, dare I say, that doesn't necessarily uh, yeah direct well i know it's a classic you know it's a classic but it doesn't always get the recognition that it rightfully deserves i think it is slowly achieving cult status but slow and steady wins the race that's all i'm saying so that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was gonna skip it and then i was like i can't um amanda's had a couple glasses of wine you guys so sorry and amanda had to spend 95 dollars to the aspca to find out that her dog did not consume enough caffeine to worry about yeah you know what i'll give my money to the aspca i'm i'm fine with that but they should reimburse me in tissues because I cry every time I see a commercial, but it's okay. I'm sure you probably spent more than $95 in tissues. Probably. Watching their commercials. No, George knows to change the channel because I won't do it. He'll have to come over and like tackle me and grab the remote. Or if he has the remote, as soon as one comes on, he's like, nope, change channel, change channel. Because I will end up literally in tears and sometimes ugly crying every single time. See? I don't know about the commercials that you guys see down there, but like the stuff we see up here, normally you get like the soft lead in music that leads up to the yes, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Oh, Hi, yeah, I'm Sarah, McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. I'm here to ruin your day. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, once you hear the first couple notes of in the arms of an angel, it's like, Oh shit, run and grab the friggin' remote. I could see George upstairs. And you see the slow motion dog out in the cold and the. Okay. Anyway, stop it. But just George so everybody knows, if you ever need poison animal, yes, you have to pay for it. But the ASPCA has a hotline and they will do all the research for whatever your dog consumed and to do and how to handle it. And they give nine. you a case number. So if you have to call back, you know, whatever. For $95. Always call your vet first, but yeah, my vet was not helpful. Well, your vet probably would have charged more anyway. Burbs. So, yes. So, since we hadn't announced it and Amanda just did, not for a phone call. (laughs) We are here today to discuss the 1989 Tom Hanks classic. That if you haven't seen, shame on you, because it's an amazing freaking movie, but we'll get to that later. Um, the Burbs. So, yay. Heck yeah. Which, mind you, and all that, The Burbs has another An Evening at the Movies icon already in the cast as well. Oh, Carrie Fisher? Did we make her no, an icon? We haven't made Carrie Fisher an icon yet. Oh. Who plays Tom Hanks's next door neighbor? Bruce um, Dern? Corey what? Feldman? Bingo. Oh, okay. I was like, who, who am I missing? Okay. License to drive last summer. That's true. That's true. Corey Haim and Corey Feldman are any so the burbs came into the world on february 17th 1989 it was directed by joe dante it was released by universal pictures it had and the movie had a 18 
million dollar budget and i would like to give you the opportunity to try and guess as to how high their box office draw for 1989 was okay i'm gonna say around 40 41 million that's actually a lot closer than i thought you were going to guess but it had a box office in 1989 of 49.1 million dollars very nice Which, i mean obviously it's not you know star wars numbers or marvel numbers or titanic or any of that you know hoopla but you know considering you know i mean it, it doubled its money yeah and then some so and then some yeah <laughs> so that in itself is not necessarily a bad number could it have done better yeah do certain things in the movie well i think it probably could have done better with a little tweaks here and there in the movie as well and i'm not saying anything bad about this movie because it's a great movie and you know both both you and i love this movie but you know yeah quality wise it's definitely not on the same level as star wars harry potter lord of the rings marvel okay but you're naming except for star wars movies that came out after it it's in the 80s so i get to okay beverly hills cop ghostbusters the goonies you froze i think i mean i don't know i i don't think it's that bad quality wise well we can discuss that when we get to our reviews i'm not going to put the movie down by any stretch of the imagination but we'll just we'll get there when we get there so really quick um the movie stars obviously birthday boy himself tom hanks as ray peterson and speaking of star wars Miss mm-hmm. Gold Bikini herself, Carrie Fisher, plays his wife, Carol Peterson. Bruce Dern plays Mark Rumsfield. Rick Dukeman plays Art Weingartner. Um, an Evening at the Movies icon, Corey Feldman, plays Ricky Butler. Wendy <laughs> Shaw plays Bonnie Rumsfield. Uh, Henry Gibson plays Dr. Werner Klopek. Brother Theodore plays Uncle Ruben Klopek. Courtney Gaines plays Hans Klopek. <sighs> Gail Gordon plays Walter Sesnick. Corey Danzinger play or Danziger plays Dave Peterson, and Brenda Benner plays Walter's daughter. So very nice. With all that said. I would like to tip my hat and allow my amazing co-host to tell us all about the plot of this movie. Okay. So The Burbs is a very dark comedy set in, you know, suburbia, which a fun fact, which I know we're not to yet, but I just wanted to mention it because I think it's one of my favorite ones, which I already knew like way before I researched the movie. Um, Mayfield Place is also Wisteria Lane from Desperate Housewives. I actually had that in my notes. So, and you, I could tell when I went back and watched the Burbs again, I was like, Yeah, I read, that's Gabby's house, and that's Bree's house, and that's Susan's house. Like, obviously, oh. some stuff had changed, but well, yeah, definitely tells the same street. I remember watching some of the earlier Desperate Housewives episodes, and it's like Wisteria Lane kind of has a familiarity to it but I couldn't quite place yeah. it. And probably a lot of that is because this is not one of those movies that I sit back and go through and, Ooh, it's been a month. I need to watch the burbs again. Yeah. And I've actually been there. I've seen it. It's one of the, um, on the universal one of the attractions lot. or back lots at universal. Yeah. Cause that was along with the wisteria lane. That was one of my notes for fun facts was the fact that it was, entirely filmed all on one location being the universal yeah. backlot in 
Hollywood, California. I remember taking the little train. I'm like, this is where they filmed the burbs. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> okay, so we have Mr. Ray Peterson, who has decided to take a week off work. And instead of taking a vacation like a normal person would, he's like, oh, I just want to hang around the house. Um, Drink a beer, all of these watch a ball game. Yeah. Um, smoke cigars. Wants... Not what? inside the house. Ha- smoke cigars. Not inside the oh, house, yeah. though. <laughs> Um, so anyway, you know, Carol wants to go on a trip and he's like, no, let's just stay here, whatever. Um, him and all his, you know, neighborhood buddies, they're, they're literally like the male version of Desperate Housewives. They, they gossip and they're spying and just all kinds of, you know, weird stuff. They've got this family, the Clopex, who have lived there for what, like a month, I think. Yeah, it's not very long. They're, they're very very long. They're very new to the neighborhood. But nobody has talked to them. Nobody ever sees them. Anyway, Ray hears some weird the noises coming from a, the basement one night. Their house has a very um, Bates Motel feel to it. Yeah, it's very creepy. Run down and, and when you see the people so, in the windows, they look very crazy. Yeah, the lawn hasn't been mowed in forever while... Everybody else's lawns are perfectly manicured. No blade of grass is taller than the other. And right. <laughs> yeah. It's very cookie cutter, typical suburbia. Yeah. With the exception of the Clopex property. Right. It has a very Adams family. So, monster um, right. So Ray gets together with his neighbors, Art and and Weingartner or whatever, and they're Art, he's Art, no uh, Art and what's the other guy's Rum, name? Rumsfield. Rumsfield. Yes, thank you. Um, the psychotic. And you know they're talking about them, whatever. Uh, yeah. So anyway, he hears strange noises, and then a couple nights later, maybe they um, they see the youngest boy uh, dragging a giant garbage bag to their garage can and like trying or trying to stick it down in there. And then they see the Klopex digging in their backyard. They all get together and decide they're going to go rummage to the trash can, um, but it's but it's gone. If it was a body or whatever it was, you know, yeah, it's gone. Anyway, these smarty pants guys start to think that they're murderers, like, you know, ritualist, ritualistic killings, like for Beelzebub. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so ridiculous. There's even um, a scene in the movie where Art's got a satanic rituals book in front of Ray right. and he's trying to convince him, look, this, 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 and this, satanic, sat-, and Ray's sitting there with his fingers in his ear because he doesn't want to hear it anymore and he's all, I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you. And he's all like, see, you're chanting satanic. (laughs) So there's this one neighbor, Walter, who always takes his dog to shit in other people's yards. But I think it's very much the kind of guy that would be like, don't ride your bike on my sidewalk. And hey, kids, get out of my yard. Um, Walter disappears and they find his dog running loose. So obviously they're worried about him. Um, Ray gets the dog and, and leaves a note for Walter. Hey, I have your dog <laughs> after they've broken into, uh, Walter's house and searched for stuff, but they don't find anything other than his toupee. Um, they go and meet the Clopex. Finally, I love when the wives are like, you know what? We're women. We'll be able to we'll keep able you figure guys out in- this whole time. Yeah. We'll keep you guys in check. No, like because it's true. Well, yeah, because well, they don't let Art go because Art's wife is away for whatever reason. I don't remember if they even said, but yeah, they have to be couples. It has to be a couples thing. Yes, that way they can the 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 goodness of the wives can balance out the craziness of Rumsfeld and yeah, Ray. Yeah. Which doesn't so, end up, well, and ultimately it doesn't end up happening that way because 
certain things start to happen and then now the wives start to get a little bit suspect and well but at first they're not they like them like doctor no, they do. comes down and they're, and they're like i think they're lovely and oh that poor man and or this and that whatever and you know the doctor is luckily the classier one of the family and can can kind of speak over the other two and not make them look like they're all trailer trash or whatever or bumpkins yeah um meanwhile art is checking out their backyard and ray's dog digs up a bone and i love this scene when he's got it and he's showing it to ray and he's like it's walter and they're like ah there's like this long scream and the camera goes in and out in and out <laughs> yeah it's one of those i love that scene you've seen it, you've, you've seen it numerous probably hundreds of times in various movies where you get that reaction pan in and out from the cameras that somebody's like screaming they're like ah and the camera yeah. zooms in zooms out zooms in zooms out and yeah it it adds a funny overly dramatic effect to yeah it's very funny uh they also find walter's mail and toupee at the clopex house so now they're like okay we know they've they've been in there they're trying to find walter um the wives are like hey they're fine forget about it leave them alone and the guys are like even ray's like you know what i think you're right i think they're clean and art's kind of arguing with him he's like you know what no we're done with this well then they send the wife and kid away and uh decide to do their further investigations and they do like this big stakeout kind of thing and um Art and Ray go to look for Walter's corpse. They don't find anything. Then they break into the basement and find. Literally start okay. digging up the basement. Yeah. Looking for human remains while the Klopeks are gone. Um, then the police show up and the Klopeks come home. Um, and the house, uh, what is, Ray hits a gas line or something. Yeah. Art escapes, but then the house explodes. And Carol comes back home to that. <laughs> and this is another scene I love when they come out of the house. And um, and this might be in your fun facts too. So sorry if I ruin it for you. Oh, but no. the part where uh, Ray throws the, the uh, stretcher into the back of the ambulance and just like throws himself on it or whatever. That whole scene was ad-libbed. Like he made that up. Tom Hanks made that up. Which oh I yeah. It was funny. Oh no, I do have that in the notes and we'll continue to go back over that again when we get to the fun facts gotcha so but yeah that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie it's because of the um, it's again, not, so tom trying, hanks i really don't want to give away points from my review but oh that scene is such a typical tom hanks zany off the wall slapstick slap, it, it's very typical 1980s tom hanks comedy shtick yes very much which i love completely so <laughs> you know oh yeah me too there is that so in the midst of all this chaos walter comes home <laughs> Walter has been in the hospital because of a heart condition, and he had asked the Klopex to gather his mail for him. Um, so Ray, uh, you know, it gets into the ambulance, and then Dr. Klopek comes in and is like, you saw my basement, and has this needle. He's like, you saw the human skull in the furnace. You saw my furnace, didn't you? He was like, just looked like a regular furnace. <laughs> um Dr. Klopet goes on to reveal that they murdered the previous owner, owners and took their house. It was like, we offered to, offered to buy it from them and they said no. So they just killed him. <laughs> so after all that, it turns out the guys were mostly right. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Oh. No, go ahead. Oh, no. I'll, say, I'll say, say what I was going to say for when we get to the fun facts. Okay. So Dr. Klopet's trying to, you know, give Ray a shot that'll kill him. And the, the kid, Klopek, is driving the ambulance and a big, you know, shenanigans ensue and the ambulance crashes into Art's house. Um, Go figure. And then, and then Ray makes a citizen's arrest. 
Um, little Ricky finds uh, a human remains in the Klopex trunk. They're arrested. And then Ray's like, you know what? We're getting the hell out of Dodge for a week. I'm going to take a vacation and asks Ricky to keep watch. The end. The end with the exact last line of the movie being Ricky looking directly into camera. I love this neighborhood. I love this neighborhood. <laughs> and yeah, Ricky's in love with the next door neighbor's wife. And uh, well, I mean, realistically, the next door neighbor's wife is not bad looking. Oh, no. And I don't know why she's married to him. He's not attractive. Andy's kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but whatever. <laughs> well, I, he kind of has the, I think the whole idea is he's like supposed to be like a former military special ops kind of guy, which yeah. kind of sort of adds into like his surveillance skills and whatnot that you see throughout the entire movie as it plays out. But yeah. No, one of my favorite lines in the movie, though, is very early on when Ricky's out painting his house and he looks over the railing and Rumsfields are over in their yard working and he's like, no tan lines, Mrs. Rumsfield. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So, okay, fun facts. Let's see, what do we got? Um... Tom Hanks almost turned down this role as he felt at 31 years old, he was too young to play a dad. Which is weird because his oldest, Colin, was, I believe, seven or eight at the time. Oh, wow. So, realistically, he was a dad at the time, but he was too young to play a dad. In the right. Movies. I think he just didn't want his career to be jumped forward as a parental figure, but Sleepless in Seattle was like a year or two after this. So well, we also have to remember too, okay. The Burbs is right here at this borderline where you've got well. The Burbs came out in 89. Next week's episode came out in 88. Um, yeah, A League of Their Own is right in there. And yeah, Sleepless in Seattle is like 90 or 91, I think. Sleepless in Seattle is right in there. So you're trans, he's transitioning out of that typical 1980s Tom Hanks movies into the more serious dramatic roles mm-hmm. which not saying that um his character in a league of their own was serious or dramatic or anything like that but it's one of those bridge roles yeah you can see the comedic elements of it but you can also see some of the real life dramatic stuff coming into play too and then obviously sleepless in seattle um you've got mayo philadelphia forrest gump apollo 13 mm-hmm. all the stuff that came right after we crossed that bridge i mean we're we're literally right like i was saying we're right there at the cusp of his career taking not necessarily a hard left turn but he's going into a different world that his career has not been in yet, which I mean, the year the burbs came out was literally the year he got his first Academy award nomination for big. It's literally right. Knocking on the door of his first two Academy award wins for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. Yeah. So yeah. His career at this point is obviously not going to be the same ever again. So, yeah. Next question for you. Okay. The dog who plays Queenie in The Burbs, does she look familiar? Yes. Do you know why she looks familiar? I'm sure she was a dog in another movie, and I'm sure you're going to tell me. <laughs> I am, but I want you to freaking guess which movie it was. Um, 
trying to think what else came out around that time. She had, I don't know. She hadn't done this movie yet. This movie is still probably a year or two away. Uh, it places the lotion in the bath. Uh, okay. <laughs> Queenie and Princess. What cute names. <laughs> right? Two of the most <laughs> girlish dog names ever invented and that one dog got both of them but got to do <laughs> got to be in a movie with tom hanks and then got to be in one of the greatest right non-slasher horror movies of all time yeah <coughs> no offense to the great nightmare on elm street but yeah yeah <laughs> um let's see oh here we go the Burbs was filmed all in one location. Dot dot dot. The future Wisteria Lane on the Universal backlot. So I I'm sure it's probably happened more often. Well, I mean, pro- Psycho was probably filmed all on the lot. I don't know. I've never been to Universal Studios before, so. Well, actually, the inside of the psycho house is nothing. It's just it's just a shell. So they would have used a, they would have done that in inside. But other than that, yeah. Oh, you yeah. learn something new every day. I was I was disappointed to learn that on my Universal tour. I thought that house was real. I'm like, no. I mean, it's 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 only an exterior, basically. So basically, so they would have used they- a sound stage for the inside. That's messed up because I would have thought literally like the house and the hotel were all a part of that lot. Well, they are. They're right next to each other. Like like it looks like in the movie, but it's just that the house itself doesn't have anything inside. Which kind of sort of burst my freaking I know. Bubble. Sorry. Well, it's not your fault. (laughs) Fucking universal. Yeah uh let's see the end make sure okay yeah okay the ending of the movie almost was completely and totally different interesting and instead of the big reveal that ricky opens the trunk and you've got the skulls in the trunk Mm -hmm. originally it was supposed to be dead cheerleaders and the garbage men from earlier in the movie Oh, that would have bummed me out. I like the garbage men. Like, yeah, they, I hate cul-de-sacs. There's only one way out, and the people are weird. <laughs> I used to live in a cul-de-sac, and I do live one in one. You mean there's only one way into the vampire castle? Yep. Oh lord, <laughs> and, and, it, and it's probably a hot jaunt to get out of the cul-de-sac. That's not too bad. With your people's freaking 112 degree temperatures. <laughs> I like poking the sleeping bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. The Burbs was filmed during one of the infamous Hollywood writer strikes. So, mm. in order, so it was filmed actually one of the rare well i'm gonna say rare times because normally you don't hear of it happening this way but it was actually filmed completely in order start to finish to say one hardly time. ever happens <laughs> no normally it's well normally you're factoring in weather and all of that and trying okay we're gonna be out we need to film this outside scene but we don't have the weather to do it right so let's do this inside blah blah, blah and all of that the other bonus to the hollywood writer strike was like we had discussed earlier that it left incredibly large open windows for all of the actors including and especially tom hanks to completely go off the wall and ad lib and improv Mm -hmm. scenes in the movie one of which being 
the fact that the gurney scene at the end where <laughs> Tom literally has a complete meltdown and goes off on Art and Rumsfield about how the Klopex aren't the psychotic people. We're the psychotic people and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And literally fine i'm going to the hot picks up the gurney and puts it in the back of the ambulance and climbs on and his wife's all like ray i'm you go ahead and go ahead to the hospital and i'm gonna fall find out which one and i'm gonna follow behind he's all like laying there face buried in the pillow. okay uh, he throws himself face down on it <laughs> doesn't even bother lifting his head up to acknowledge it just like okay yep <laughs> So, um, also the last one I have is, um, the Dana Olson who wrote the script for the movie was actually inspired to write the movie because she legitimately had a real life neighbor who was rarely seen outside and never mowed their lawn. (laughs) Nice. So. I will go ahead and let you, if you have any memorable quotes or anything you want to discuss, I don't have as many quotes per se as I have moments. And we basically have already discussed my moments being yeah that improv scene at the end. Uh, them screaming I mean, with the camera zooming in and out. And, I mean, it's it, to me, it's a typical zany Tom Hanks 1980s comedy. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good one-liners. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's not like... I mean, it's just funny little stuff, like um, when Carol's talking to Art, it's like, he can't come out until he resembles the man that I married. Carol, we don't have that kind of time. (laughs) Right? Because at this point, he's gone so far off the freaking rails that he looks like the epitome of a living zombie he's all like depressed yeah yeah depressed and i want to come out and play with you guys but my wife says i can't yeah <laughs> there go the goddamn brownies I like that one too it would be like if george got in trouble and steven wanted him to go play golf or whatever no yeah. no steven he cannot come out and play and George would be all like pouting and sticking. The wife says I can't come out and play. <laughs> no offense, George. No, I mean, it's just, you know, it's very fun and zany and cute. You know, he's like, nobody knocks off an old man in my town and gets away with it right. or stuff like that. Like, you know. But I'm no, we kind of. I'm going over the wall and I'm not coming back until I find a dead body. Exactly. So yeah. Um, no, I mean I think we talked about most of the the good yeah. quotes and scenes, but the whole movie is just good. So. Well, then, since you want to say that the whole movie is good, would you like to address your review of the movie first? Sure. So I think this movie is like classic eighties. It's really good just fun dark comedy it's but it's also like it's like the time in the 80s when you know people were you know yuppies were a thing and you know people are getting back to you know suburbia and white picket fences and and it kind of shows how dangerous just like boredom and you know vigilantism kind of that's not a word but i mean yes the clopex did turn out to be bad so they were right but they could have easily have found nothing on them and so it just kind of shows you like the you know, the pack mind and the hysteria and the things that people will get themselves into when they're bored and, and curious. And I'm here for it. The shenanigans ensue. It's funny. You know, I do. I think looking back on it now, I feel like they, you know, they're the typical nosy neighbors who can't mind their own business and think they deserve to know everything that's going on with everyone. So yeah, but yeah, I love it. Good comedy. Um, the performances are great. I know the only thing I didn't really buy about it was, and people are going to get mad at me, but you know that I'm not a huge 
Carrie Fisher fan. Like, not like I don't think she's good or a good actress, but I just don't find her attractive the way that a lot of people do. I didn't buy her and uh, Tom Hanks as a couple. I didn't. No. I, I thought they were funny together, but I didn't buy them as a romantic couple. But, you know. I don't that wasn't the point of the story so I don't think it really matters but that would be like my only complaint no I think Carrie was well I think anybody could have been plugged into that role it's not like the wife the wife does play an important enough part in the movie but anybody could have been dropped into that part and done it I mean and it I thought she did great. I just didn't buy them as a married couple. Um, There definitely was, it felt like a lack of chemistry between the two. Yeah. And I don't know the history enough to know what she was going through. I know during the vast majority of the 80s, she had substance abuse issues. Right. So maybe that could have factored into the amount of effort she put into doing her job but well but i don't even think it's that because she didn't she didn't do a bad job like the lines that she delivered she was funny when she needed to be and she was i mean it's not that her performance wasn't good it was just i i couldn't see them as a married couple they seemed more like friends or whatever like they didn't have romantic chemistry to me. I don't even think they ever, ever really even had a romantic moment in the movie at all. Yeah, not really. So that could be it too. <coughs> but I don't necessarily think that was necessarily a key ingredient that was needed for the movie either. Again, true. I just, I don't know. It's the but, only, I mean, it's just a personal thing. It's the only thing but that bugged me about the movie. And it's not a big deal because no. it wasn't an integral part of the story. So. No. And. I would completely 100% agree with everything you said about it being the quintessential 1980s comedy because it is, and it's, it speaks to a lot of, like you were saying about how suburban life and the white picket fence and being a yuppie and all of that was the dream at that time. So, but it's still, while it may not necessarily be the most critically acclaimed movie of all time, and we've had this discussion before with other movies we've talked about, Howard the Duck, Mm -hmm. where I could honestly give two shits about what the critics are going to say about this movie because it's one of those movies I can put in and completely get lost in and love to watch and not have to worry about making sure my brain's engaged and ooh this point and uh, ooh I missed something I got to go back and all that it, it, right. it it's wacky it's zany and it's just a fun movie so I feel like this is a movie that I wish like if we had the power to do it but we don't but I wish somebody would just bring this movie back like make it become more of a cult classic like I know it kind of is but you know how Clue had that big resurgence and now like so many people love Clue. I want to see that for the Burbs. I want it to have like this big resurgence and everybody's like, oh, this movie is awesome. But I don't know why. I just feel like it, it needs to have more of a, a cult following than I, I think I it does. I think if the right service was to get behind it, I think they could push it the right way. Yeah. And I mean, obviously an evening at the movies is not going to be the service that's going to ooh, we discussed the burbs now it's going to become right now it's going to go viral (laughs) yeah i wish we had that kind of stroke right me too but also that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna go ahead and well should i give it my my ranking first or go go ahead or we do that okay um because that's what I was going to do. Okay. So all of that said, I'm going to give the Burbs four out of five 
skull heads in the Klopex trunk. <laughs> you almost stole mine. I almost went with something else completely, but we'll see what you have. I am going to go with, I'm going to give this movie four out of five femur bones. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, this is the femur. <laughs> I was going to go with toupees, and then I was like, no, I want to do skeletal remains. I almost went that direction, but then I thought, no, I'm a male whose hairline in the last couple of years has started running for the back of my head. So I think it looks fine. I think it does too, but it used to be, you know, down there where my finger's at. Oh. I worry about that with George because he's got a, a thinning spot, but his hairline isn't really receding. Fortunately for George, and I hope that it stays this way with all of his health, and like he just had a physical and everything is perfect. Um, that he's got his mom's genetics because his the genetics on his dad's side are not great <laughs> his mom being the huh <laughs> not his mom his mom is good people's yeah okay. i mean it, well anyway yeah his, his sister's the real cuckoo for cocoa puffs one i didn't know how much of that side of your family was the wackadoos yeah mom's extremely conservative christian type and so we've you know there's some things we just stay away from but she's at least nice to me to my face maybe she talks about me behind my back like a normal person but i'm fine with that as long as it's behind your back and you don't have to hear it then... yeah <laughs> as long as i don't have to engage in it i'm fine no exactly. um but yeah because his dad like total like so much hair loss and you know all the health problems that i mean I think four of five of them including his dad on his his dad's side have died of heart disease so i'm always like so scared i'm like and every every time he goes to the doctor it's like everything's perfect so i'll take it yeah i heart disease is nothing to joke around about especially no, when it's not especially when you get in into your late 30s and 40s and you tend to be a bigger person like just i'm no offense me but me George, Chris, well, but yourself. you've lost a lot of weight. George and I are both definitely overweight, and I I worry about him what? overweight because of the, you know, type two diabetes that runs in their family and heart disease. But so far, and I'm trying to make him be healthier. <clears throat> I mean, we both, you know, everybody always says that we all need to be healthier. Um, but yeah, we were talking about it the other day. I was like, you definitely must have your mom's side of the family genetics because, which is beneficial know. because yes, realistic, like yeah. Because they're all healthy. When I had my congestive heart failure issues a few years back and then the type 2 diabetes diagnosis and all of that, it was a very cold slap in the face that, okay, you can't live your life like you did in the 20s. You need to break in. Right. Make some changes, whether or not they're everyday changes or whatever, but you need to do something differently because yeah you're not getting any younger and as you get older you need to be more mindful about how you treat your body because you only have one body and once it goes yep so this message has been brought to you by the aarp (laughs) (laughs) Uh, actually not really i was actually going to try and come up with a witty way to fill in the aarp but i didn't so anyway anyway all right so well, the just, verbs good times yes obviously and if you like witty off the or not necessarily witty but wacky zany off the wall comedy that you don't necessarily have to fully engage your brain we highly recommend you go find actually it is on the peacock so if you have okay. the, if you have the peacock streaming service you can go check this movie out and you only have to pay for your monthly subscription fee. That's a good so, flick. I'm glad I watched it again. I haven't seen it in a while. So yeah, I had a good reason to watch it. I'm glad actually you and a couple other people had recommended it for the Tom Hanks birthday bash month. 
Yeah, because it's not one. I mean, I love all of his big critically acclaimed or roles he's known for, but I think it's nice to cover some that aren't as, you know. No, and I think for the most part, I think we've gotten out of the movies we're going to do this month, we've gotten the lesser popular stuff out of the way and we're. When are we doing? We have to throw in the top five Tom Hanks movies this month, too. We got to figure out when to do that. We kind of got to do top five James Conn movies. Too. I know, I know. Yeah, coming up on the sip list. Well, what else do we have? So I know we have Big, which I definitely want to be on. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. At least I don't know. It's up there. Um, um, we're not doing Sleepless in Seattle, are we? No. Okay. Big, a league of their own. Okay, well, let's just fast forward really quick to that's going to wrap up this episode of An Evening at the Movies. And I'd like to thank the dozens for being here each and every week, as we always, as always, we love and appreciate you guys very much. So do you have anything coming up on the SIP list that you would like to let us know about? I do. Um, So for sure, this month, we will get top five Tom Hanks movies in honor of the birthday boy. And due to the untimely death of James Caan, we are going to do our top five James Caan movies, which I am starting to realize that we do a lot of top fives after shitty things happen. But, you know, we need to do top fives after great things happen. That's true, too. I mean, Johnny Depp. Hello. (laughs) Um, I also have coming up maybe this month. It may come out next month, but I've already recorded it top five zombie movies and top five tv couples i was supposed to be on that episode i know i read yours though yay thank you and you're gonna die when you hear our conversation about ross and rachel and particularly ross i'm not sure how you're gonna feel about it we talked for a hot minute about ross and rachel you mean the topic that almost got you fired yeah good times but our points were valid. I stand by it. Okay. Yeah. I will I will let you have that. Um, <laughs> so coming up on an evening at the movies, we have in no particular order, Big, A League of Their Own, Toy Story, Forrest Gump, and I think thought there was one more i could be wrong this is what i get you from not... are a toy um okay hold on well, if you have time for one more we can do sleepless in seattle <laughs> oh yeah castaway oh we can throw sleepless in seattle in well, there too. Uh, no pressure because uh well it'll be talked about on the top five at least oh yeah i guarantee and then the only thing I definitely have on the books for August, and we don't have a date locked down for that yet, is um, Jen and I are going to do The Hobbit Part 1, uh, An Unexpected Journey. Nice. So. And we will. We have, to, we have to figure this out, too, which is so hard when we have to get all four of us together. But Nightmare on Elm Street versus Halloween trivia. It is coming up and we are doing it. And I want to get that scheduled ASAP because we're both ready to go. So yeah. we just gotta well, try it and the other thing too is here probably in the next three weeks or so, we've got a special plan coming up for Stephen King birthday bonanza month. Oh yeah. So um stay tuned for that and I will let you know all the details for that as well. Sweet. So I've got to figure out all the details for that as well as to how that's going to work out. But so, yeah, big stuff is coming along with both the hundred hundredth episodes for an evening at the movies and the sip list are very, very close. So as well as somebody's two year anniversary is coming up as well. Yeah. So, and my season four will be closing out in the next couple of weeks and I'll be starting season five. So yeah, I think season four on an evening at the movies is probably going to wrap up when we do the last episode of Tom Hanks' Birthday Bash. Sweet. Because this is episode 19. 
15, I believe. Mm, okay. So I'll figure it out and we'll, but either way, season four is rapidly coming to an end for an evening at yeah. the movies as well. So, but Sweet. anyway, thank you for being here, Queenie. It was a fun episode. It was technologically speaking. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, thank you to the dozens for being here. And as always, both myself and Her Royal Highness hope you guys all come back for an evening at the movies. Have a good night, guys. See you, pals. Peace. Thank uh-huh. you.